Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you on Thursday, November 12th, uh, one of our first postseason uh, uh, shows here. We have a, a bunch to get to. There was a, we had a very interesting press conference with a bunch of different things that were said and happened, and our general thoughts on that, Chris Klein, Dennis, supposed to talking. Then there was Christian Pavone. Uh, and his contract in the negotiations with Boca Juniors coming up. We have expiring ro- we have rosters and expiring contracts. And then, of course, we have the off-season calendar to get you as well. Didn't know it was going to be such a busy show. For one, it doesn't have any socks for him. Um, all right. Uh, to help me do that is uh, the hammer himself, Eric, the Portuguese hammer beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. I, I was going to go with my default. I'm happy to be back, but I don't know that. I'm thrilled to be back given the season we've had. It's funny. I was talking with my dad before, uh, before we came on again, number one listener out of Cerritos, California there. Uh, and he said, you're, you're recording tonight. What, what can there possibly be to talk about? It's done. It's over. And then you just gave the rundown. And I said, I, I guess, I guess we can fill fill an hour with, with all of that drama that still goes out around. So LA galaxy, a year, 365 day a year, uh, event, always something to talk about with the team. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's funny because my wife says, well, you're going to take a break after this. And I'm like, well, I go, maybe. So FYI, next Thursday, if we do a show on Monday, which I'm planning on it, and if we do a show on Thursday, will be show number 800. Uh, There will be no giant celebration for show number 800. There's no reason to. Uh, 700 pretty much blew it out of the water. So I don't think we've quite recovered from that one. So. Um, But it's it's one of those, I'm like, well, maybe after 800, I'll, I'll take a little bit of break. But she goes, she asked me, what could you possibly have to talk about? I'm like, are you sc- There's always something happening. And whenever you say that there's nothing, there is clear. I could talk about the LA Galaxy every single day, Eric. I could find an hour's worth of LA Galaxy talk from almost every single day. Uh, it's not something I want to try, but it is something I think I could do. Yeah. It's definitely possible. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's no festivities planned for number 800 because uh, I, I don't want to get another confetti canyon cannon. I hear that's still being cleaned up. No no tux rental. So, yeah, let's take the pressure off for, for number 800. Yeah, it, it'll be there. Um, let's get to uh, the first thing that's on the list. Let's talk about the LA Galaxy Team Awards. Um, it's, it's not really like I want to talk about the LA Galaxy Team Awards. It's not like it's something I have to talk about. Um, but we did tell you kind of where we thought it would end up and it ended up that way, but it's more about, I think the lower levels than, than really the upper levels. Anyway, um, let's start with your, uh, your player of the year, not to shock anybody. Um, you know, don't want to like build it. I was like, do I build it up? Do I start with the bottom awards and work to the top? No, everybody knows that Christian Pavone was going to be player of the year. Um, it's funny, Eric, cause we're going to talk about his contract and just all the different things that are, that are coming here. But does it feel like Pavone quietly had, you know, one of the better seasons, uh, you know, in MLS this year? As far as MLS, you know, to be fair, I just didn't follow all of the other teams closely enough to to say that he was in contention. And just when, when as bad as the Galaxy have played, uh, I don't think that you can put him at the top of, of the list. But uh, watching him closely and how he played with the Galaxy, I don't imagine that there was very many people on any other team that brought to their team what Pavone brought to the Galaxy. He was, you know, hands down an easy decision for player of the year. I think with Zlatan the last couple seasons and Pavone this season, 
the, those are probably three of the easiest years when it came to deciding who your MVP was. It's it's a right. no-brainer with Zlatan whenever he's on your team, and it's a no-brainer with Pavone this year. He was miles ahead of everyone else. So, uh, again, with compared around the league, I just don't – I think part of it is you need to – if you're going to be an MVP, you need to carry your team into the playoffs and, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit more in the goal total. Still had a great goal total, had a great uh, assist total. Ridiculous when you look into – I know you've showed some stats with the uh, – goal contributions, you know, as far as who's responsible for the highest percentage of goal contributions to their team. Pavone had had something ridiculous. So when you, when you look at that, he's definitely the MVP of the galaxy, but it's, it's hard to give him league honors uh, with how poorly the galaxy played. Yeah, they were, I mean, you know, they're, they're horrible. Um, let's not pretend, uh, he did finish with 10 goals, uh, seven assists this season, uh, tied with Chris Mueller in Orlando was behind, uh, Jordan Morris, um, or tied on goals, but but um, I think uh, actually with assists too. It was the, it was the same with uh, with Morris too. Actually, Morris had one more. There it is, eight eight assists, so ten and eight for Morris. Um, you have uh, you know Barrick over with uh, Chicago. You have Rui Diaz with Seattle. Um, you know having having a bunch of goals, twelve goals, um, twelve goals for Zardes, Giassi Zardes, and then you had Diego Rossi uh, with fourteen goals. So I mean, you look at it, and in terms of just the uh, the overall MLS players who scored a lot of goals this season he's up there and he did it on a team that sucked um and and i think that that's being kind to them in a lot of ways uh they made him do what zlatan had to do and zlatan is not the same player as as christian pavone let's let's be very clear but they made christian pavone carry them um and yeah. I, I think on i think on thursday when we had dennis de on um, I think he said, you know, he's entitled to some bad games and he had a couple, he goes, but you know, they were, they, it wasn't every game, you know, it wasn't all the time. Uh, he usually showed up, uh, and I, I'm sure Eric looking at grading the galaxy and, and all the different things, I would imagine that Christian Pavone finishes top in terms of the average rating and how many stars he got throughout the, uh, throughout the, the season. So, uh, maybe it's not a surprise, right? Or, or it's not, I mean, of course it's not a surprise, it's, but maybe it's, Yeah. It's not a surprise, and uh, you know, thank you for the the shameless plug there. I was about to make fun of you for for not inviting me last week when you had uh, DTK on, but uh, since you gave a plug to Grading the Galaxy uh, this week, all is forgiven. Uh, but there is going to be a season recap that's coming up, uh, coming out in the upcoming week, uh, and I'll, I'll go over total stars, average stars, and I think. Uh, it's it's obvious that Pavone's going to have the highest number of total stars and the highest average, but I think it, it'll be it'll be shocking, or maybe it won't, as far as how many stars he is ahead of number two. It's a pretty right. big it's a pretty big number. Uh, so maybe that's not surprising with how easy this decision was. Uh, but when you see it, right when you so. actually like see the numbers, it's 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 pretty crazy. Uh, defender of the year was Julian Araujo, which is fitting because you know of course he got a red card in the last uh, last uh, uh, game of the year. Um, it, it wasn't a horrible red card. It's not one of those where I'm like, oh, that's the stupidest play. I could see where he was going. You know, um, somebody called it lazy and they called it lazy because, um, they did, he didn't think it through of where he was going to be. I guess I can understand that thinking to me, it's not lazy. It's just inexperience and it's, yeah. it's physicality, it's aggressiveness. And I tend to be okay with guys who are going to get these types of fouls who are being aggressive, uh, and trying to get to the ball because he got to the ball first, way before yeah. the other guy. Just happened that but, he was going to run into him, so it, it you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a great look. Yeah, I don't know that lazy is the word I would use either. Uh, if you were going to use a negative attribute, maybe careless would be the right word. Uh, but I think that comes with experience as well. I think a more experienced player 
gets that foot in and out of there, uh, you know, maybe a little bit quicker without the follow through that's going to get through. But if, if you talk to, you know, any other defender, they're going to say, if you don't follow through, that's where you end up getting hurt. And that's where, where, where maybe you lose the challenge if you're not following through and going all the way through. So that's the other school of thought on that. So, uh, again, I agree with you. It wasn't, it wasn't reckless. He wasn't trying to hurt anyone, but at the same time, it's totally fair that he got the red card. This one, um, you know, we're acting like it was a done deal. It was an easy decision for Araujo. I think that an argument could be made with the amount of yellows that he earned. He served the yellow card suspension throughout the season. He had two red cards. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that could have been a mark against him. I think the the yep. rest of the defense was just probably so poor that, uh, you know, you took the potential and the talent and the skill of Araujo and, and you crowned him. But but I think an argument could have been made that maybe in, in Sua could have could have given him a run for it. But I'm, I'm not mad at Araujo for getting it, but I don't know that it was as clear-cut a decision as uh, the, the Player of the Year award. I believe I'm speaking correctly. And again, they don't release who finishes first. You know, they don't release who finishes second and how close it was. So I believe I'm saying it correctly with, that Insua was the second second place finisher in this and it was probably i would guess pretty close my exit polling of uh, of the different media that i can uh, that i can pull off and plus <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm not sure i'm not sure um and plus i can sort of get some information um out of the club whenever i think i'm close enough i can i can usually figure yeah. it out and sua came in second there there's a lot to um i i think going through it I would still, um, and, and I told everybody who I voted for, uh, Christian Pavone, Player of the Year, and uh, and Julian Araujo, Defender of the Year. That's who I, who I went with. I'll tell you this. Upon thinking about it longer, it's a lot closer for me on Insua and Araujo. Insua played every, or played it in every single game. He played 22 games. Uh, you know, Christian Pavone played every minute of every game this year, which, you know, obviously, again, Player of the Year uh, uh, rankings, even if he didn't score all the goals, just the fact that he was out there doing that type of work uh, for every single game in a condensed schedule is pretty impressive. Um, so you put that there, but but Insua, for me, is not a bad defender, and I think we have to be... I know everybody wants to throw the defense out on their butt all the time, and I think we have to be real careful about where we're making changes. I think the midfield and the center of midfield is a bigger need for me right now than just straight up get more defenders and get a different center back and blah, 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 all this other stuff. Um, I'm not a huge fan of people Gonzalez, as I'm sure everybody um, sort of sits on that same side of things for the most part. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to tell me, well, I can, you can only upgrade one position before you start next year, I'm going to probably put it in us in this, in the center of midfield. And whether that's a defensive midfielder or whether it's a box to box guy who can, you know, move around Jonathan Dos Santos, who I assume is going to be back. Um, that that might be where I would look more than just throwing stuff on the back line and, and sort of moving that. And I know there's lots of people who disagree with that and they want to throw all the defense out. Um, it, it just it, it doesn't work that way. De- defense is better whenever you have consistency and players who play next to each other and understanding it's a system. Um, it's not one person. Uh, but having said that, if you get somebody like Walker Zimmerman and Dave Romney next to each other, what do you know? You can have some one of the lowest goal totals ever in Major League Soccer expansion team history. Were, were those guys available? You know, who, who, who did Dave Romney play for previously? I don't know. I don't know. But, Nobody knows. He came out of nowhere. But you, you make a great point about Insua, and I think that's the reason why I said it was a close race is because durability needs to needs to mean something. And I think when you mention a player like Jonathan Dos Santos who missed so much time, the fact that Insua did not miss a game due to a red card suspension, didn't get any yellow card suspensions, wasn't injured throughout the entire season, and as, as fractured as this season was, you think maybe some of these older players would have been a, difficult with the starting and the stopping. So, you know, being durable, I think that means something. And, you, and you're right. Maybe he's not going to, while you're 
socks off, but you know, consistency, sometimes, you know, that middle of the road, you know what you're going to get every time isn't a bad thing. And I think if you have Insua on one side and Araujo as your starter on the other side for the next season with this being Insua's first season and then Araujo being so young, I think that's, that's a great, <laughs> that those aren't areas. I agree. Those aren't areas where you need to go out and fill those positions, maybe some depth depth pieces. And then you have Danilo Acosta, who's going to be returning from, from injury. Hopefully, hopefully that works out and we'll see, uh, what right. that means and what's possible with him. But, you know, you bring in that level of depth piece because I think I think you're good with your starters. So, uh, you know, big credit to Insua for for being an, an Iron Man there with with Christian Pavone. Uh, you know, th- I think I think you need to that needs to count, especially with with how many injuries the Galaxy have had and the amount of players that that have missed big games. By the way, the, the chat room is fully against uh, the Insua um, that we like Insua. <laughs> and, what? you know, yeah. I, I, I don't normally disagree with the chat room, but I'll tell you you're all crazy if you think that Insua was it was the problem on defense. Um, I would say Insua's problem was probably more the fact that Guillermo Barrescolotto wanted him to be in a, in the attack all the time more than anything else. How many times did you see Insua trying to chase people down from behind and having to switch out with the center back? That's, that's, that's a problem more than anything. But well, I will say, and that is the knock is he he's not a speedster on the wing. You know, someone with the youth of Rahu is able to get up and to get back quickly. When Ansua gets caught up there, he he doesn't track back quickly. He's not a fast player, and that's where he ends up. Uh, you know, that's probably the knock with the people saying he can't keep up with with forwards who are going to be flying down the wing. I agree with that. That that is you know with his, with his age and he's just he's built a little bit like a tank. He's he's not a. He's not going to be the speedster. He's going to be the the durable guy. And there's a reason probably why he wasn't injured is because of the way he's built. That's not going to get you there for speed, but but it's going to it's going to protect you and make you durable. He's the wily veteran now. Uh, that's what he is. So uh, he gets uh, Araujo also wins humanitarian of the year, which we kind of figured would, would be the case as well. And well deserved as well for all of his uh, work with the United Farm Workers um, and uh, all, all the support he's doing up there uh, in, in Lompoc. And he has tweeted out. Um, different links uh, in order to help. And, and I tweeted some out as well. So um, if you need those links and you want to support his cause, you certainly can. And I encourage you to do so. Um, if we go down golden boot for Christian Pavone, that was obvious. All right. Uh, if we go down to LA galaxy Two, Augie Williams gets the uh, player of the year, uh, defender of the year is Mauricio Cuevas, um, who is just so much fun to watch as well between Augie Williams and, and Cuevas. They're, they're a lot of fun. Uh, Jalen Neal gets humanitarian of the year as well. Um, there's com- they, they did a, an Academy player of the year as well. Uh, Alejandro Alvarado jr. Um, so he's out there as well. Just sort of get that way. The whole idea with the Academy <laughs> guy is that you've now heard the name. And yeah. so whenever, whenever he starts doing stuff, if he comes up to LA Galaxy 2, you've already heard the name. Now you're like, wait a minute, I remember hearing about that guy in the academy. Yeah. That's really all that you need to do with that information. But just keep these guys in mind. I mean, you saw, um, you saw uh, Uli Yanez today, uh, you know, playing for the, again, it's one of those, it's like he never made it, you know, out of, uh, out, out, of the, out of the lower levels of the LA Galaxy. But you hear his name and you're like, wait a minute, LA Galaxy yeah. Academy. And that's something you see a lot with the, those Galaxy 2 players say, you know, standout defender of the year last year. I think you, you heard that with uh, Nick DePew last season. Whenever they talked about him, he says the LA Galaxy 2 defender of the year. And just before we, we move on, I just want to retouch on Julian Araujo's humanitarian of the year and that cause working with migrant workers. I just think that's such an important cause. And if you haven't already checked it out, uh, as someone who works closely with migrant education and those families, those families are so important, so crucial to to what happens in 
our our, our state in California and, and what they bring uh, and everything that those families have to, to go through. So that, that's an excellent cause. And I, I highly encourage you, if you haven't already donated or reached out and, and supported uh, th- those migrant workers, it's it's a great cause. And I, I highly encourage you, uh, you know, to, to go go help however you can. And Julian Araujo, absolutely one million percent deserving of that award. Yeah, he did. Also, uh, Jose in the chat room wants to remind me, also uh, Lars Player of the Year, Julian Rajo as well. So quite the trophy cabinet for the young 19-year-old <laughs> after uh, one, you know, his second year with the LA Galaxy, but really a standout year. Um, and so now you see what happens. Um, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, as far as Christian Pavone, there's a good chance he's not going to be here. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but there's a good chance he's not going to be here in, in 2021. So what do the LA Galaxy do with that? With Julian Araujo, I think that his time with the LA Galaxy is limited. I, I'm leaning towards him showing up next year, uh, whether he makes it through the summer transfer window, whether he makes it into the next winter transfer window is, is sort of one of those things I'm watching. And it, it depends on if he has another year like this year only continues to grow that little bit, um, then you can see um, sort of, you know, the development that he's had. I mean, if, if, and I don't like to talk about the U S men's national team game, just because I know there's people who listen to the show who, who really talk about a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of different teams. And, and I, I respect that, uh, Sebastian Legette played today. I uh, got 87 minutes for the, for, uh, the U S men's national team in sort of this weird striker role that Greg Berhalter, Greg with three G's, as I like to say, that's Greg with three G's, um, Greg Triple Berhalter, G. uh, yeah, Triple G, um, put it in there. Um, and so it, it's, it's an interesting thing that but if you saw the young players that were on the field um there is a chance really that what we're seeing in the lower levels of the academy and maybe la galaxy 2 is the start of this young wave and you're seeing the tip of it with the u.s men's national team right now um that has taken place here in the united states i I would like to say that that's a trend certainly everybody pointing to philadelphia and how they've done with their young cast of homegrown you know locally grown and source farm to table players organic Um, (laughs) <laughs> organic, yeah, 100% organic players. Um, whenever you look at that, I, I feel like there is a, that, you know, there feels like there's this wave coming. Uh, and if you go down and see the success that Galaxy 2 had this year, and there was some success um, there. You, you look at that and how that could possibly translate up. Uh, it's really interesting. It's one of the things that Dennis DeClosa highlighted whenever I asked him why he should still be having his job. And they didn't talk about it in the press conference enough, I think. Um, and my whole view on the press conference is is going to be negative. So I don't want to like I, I want to use this separate from that, um, which is that Dennis talked about how, you know, the L.A. Galaxy have sort of stabilized that academy a little bit, um, brought in some really good people. And and with Galaxy 2, they're seeing some results with that. And that eventually leads to senior team success. Everything leads to senior team success. And if senior team sucks, but your lower level team is good, that can only last for so long. Eventually, that has to translate into something. But having said that, I think that's a positive that you can take from 2020 is that you have seen some lower level success. And that's the thing that Dennis mentioned in the press conference is how important it is to have a culture and to have an identity. And I think... Uh, you're right. It maybe got gets glossed over because it's the second team and it's the academy. But he did mention that the the identity and the culture has took in the in the in LA Galaxy too. And so that was working at that level. It obviously wasn't working at the first team level. But you know that whatever you know philosophy that was brought in, he said he talked about the technical directors that were brought in to try to create this culture. Uh, you know, you can tell that he he knows what he wants the culture to be for this club, 
it just it hasn't landed obviously with the first team and that's a lot more difficult uh, when you have senior players who are used to playing in other systems and have grown up in other systems when you have someone who's grown up in your academy who's a, a young player like most of those LA Galaxy player two players are it's going to be easier to tell them this is how you play because that's the only way they've played but when you're taking players uh, who've played under different coaches come from different academies come from different places it's a little bit more difficult to get them all playing under that unified culture so uh, so I I agree. That is a positive that the Dennis and the second team and the technical team that's all working with the Academy, they have an identity. Now it's just a matter of trying to make that identity, uh, you know, bleed into the first team or to create a new identity <laughs> that's, that's, that's different uh, than the one they have or, or the one that they lack right now, really. Yeah, I was going to say the, the losing one that they have apparently yeah. is what it goes. <laughs> Let's go to, um, I have about five minutes of press conference here for, for Chris Klein. I, I just did some, some chopping, um, of it and I, I just want to sort of play it straight through. Um, and then we'll come back and talk about it and I'll tell you, um, a, a little bit about this, uh, this press conference and why, um, I think it, it kind of came off as a disaster in, in a lot of ways. So, um, let's, uh, let's play this, uh, this five minutes of Chris Klein that I sort of highlighted some of the, the main things that he said, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Um, happy to answer questions and talk about not only this year, but, uh, certainly the, the last few years for, for the galaxy and, um, as we head into what is a crucial offseason, uh, we're spending quite a bit of time um, evaluating, uh, evaluating everything. Uh, and that starts with me. And certainly, uh, I hold my hand up and take responsibility not only for uh, the results that are not up to our standard for this year, um, but for, you know, the last couple years. And uh, we are spending a great deal of time. I am spending a great deal of time. Uh, evaluating myself, evaluating our decisions. Um, and I know that the, when we look at this, uh, the responsibility does not fall on a coach. Um, we all have responsibility in this. And um, in saying that, uh, I am confident and hopeful for our future. Um, I've been with this club for 13 years, um, and I know what it stands for. And I have seen um, really great times here um, and also challenging times. And as we uh, build into this, as we build into what is another offseason, um, we have to continue to progress the things that we view as uh, very positive and have to get right the ones that are not. And so, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we look at all of that. Yeah, really uh, kind of interesting and fascinating question. And uh, I I agree with here, some of that. Uh, and, you can and, probably pause that here for a second and and just talk over. I mean, I, I know I said I was going to let it play straight through, but it just it. it there's going to be a lot of accountability talk, Eric. There's going to be a lot of culture talk. Um, and I dare you to try to find anything that means anything, because to me, there's well, it isn't on a coach. Uh, you know, Chris Klein comes out. It isn't on a coach. It isn't on a particular coach. It isn't. It's it's our responsibility. Well, you've only fired coaches, so I I I, I can't. How can we? Uh, how can you sit there and say, well, I you know, hey, I take responsibility. Hey, Eric, I take responsibility for the show tonight. Um, I'm not going to do anything about it, but it's just I have responsibility. So I would just like you to know that as the president of COG, that I am ultimately responsible for everything that is below me. And if we have a bad show. I'll probably fire you, but it's um, it's still my responsibility. 
I was going to say, I, I knew where, I knew where that was going. Uh, I you love, you love to throw that you're going to fire me, uh, as president of COG, but yeah, I yes. agree. I, we're at the point where it, it's, it's mostly platitudes. I, I, it's not really, and it doesn't seem like there's, there's anything genuine there. I mean, uh, of course you're going to say, we all take responsibility. We all understand that it wasn't great. You say all those things, but at the same time, what do the actions tell you? And I'm sure there's going to be other comments that will highlight, uh, you know, that were said that maybe contradict some of the actions that happen. Um, and, and so that's, that's what makes it this press conference tough to watch because a party wants to say, okay, end of the season, it was not a great season. But they held a press conference, they answered questions, and it gave you insight onto we you know where the club is going, how, where it went wrong. But it just seems like that didn't really we, we didn't get any questions answered on where it went wrong or, or what the direction is next. Um, and you just look at the way you know he he's speaking about it. And I, I mentioned this on, on Twitter and, and got a little bit of backlash for it, is just that uh, you know, with a lot of people calling for change to go come from the top. I'll just come right out and say it. People when inclined out, uh, it, it doesn't seem like he's someone who feels like he's on the hot seat. seems like he, and he says, you know, things went wrong, but we're going to fix it. I've been here for 13 years with a, a little bit of a tone that I'm going to be here for another while after this. Uh, and, and we're going to write the ship and it's, you know, my job to fix it. I take responsibility and I'm going to make it right. It just seemed like that, that was the the tone and the vibe that I got from how he was speaking of it. It didn't seem like he was uncomfortable. It didn't seem like there was, urgency and and that was the tough thing and and the other part that's tough with a press conference is how do you convey urgency how do you convey that it this really hurts you that you can't sleep at night that it that it um you know you could say those things but just when when you're seeing a different product for years and years and years you know you you can hear the same things over and over and i just think those who have been paying attention closely uh you know maybe aren't buying it like they did the first time around all right, uh, continue and roll that beautiful bean footage there. And you said it. When when you have a coach um, that has been here for so long, and when that coach is is Bruce Arena, uh, he establishes that culture. Um, and the culture of the LA Galaxy, even when I looked at it from the outside, um, was always something that that I looked up to. And having um, seen it firsthand on the inside, I believe it's something that needs to return to this club. Um, in the identity of players that are currently playing for our team, um, the identity of past players that have come through here and past coaches um, that have had success. And uh, we need to reestablish and get some of that back. And so uh, to answer your question, I think it, and again, Dennis is going through this process now. It has to do with uh, myself. It has to do with Dennis. It has to do with uh, the coach that we hire. Um, it has to do with the type of players that we bring in. Um, that can uh, give our fans and give people like yourself the, the view from the outside that uh, that looks like an LA Galaxy team. Um, and that is the objective, and we spent uh, a good deal of time speaking about that and, and charting a course in, in terms of how to retrieve that. Okay, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll pause, it, uh, pause it there again. Um, it's I got, <laughs> I got ahead of myself. That, that's the part that I was... <laughs> it was that, a lot that's of the, that's we, what you wanted to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of, um, and I'm sure it doesn't represent in the clips that I said, but there was a lot of I'll let Dennis speak to that. There was a lot of I I'm here, but I'm only here as the overseer of Dennis. And throughout this entire thing, I sit there and I ask myself, you know, what would you say you do here? Um, because certainly there was a time when Chris Klein was very much involved with 
on the field decisions, right? I'm part of the Pete Vianis and Jovan Karofsky and everybody. As soon as Bruce left and Kurt Onolfo, this was a, a brain trust. These were four guys who were going to go and fix everything and do all these things. And they were together and they were going to be results oriented together and they were all linked together. And there's very much, and we've been talking about this, Eric, there's very much an arm's length feel to what Chris Klein is saying. He feels almost separated from what Dennis DeClosa is doing, what the head coach is doing. And it's it's only like, well, I'm the overview. I don't have any power, but also if you bring me a coach, uh, I get to approve that. But, it, you know, it, it's like I don't know what I want from a president. Right? I don't know what I, what, I, what I expect from somebody who's supposed to be in charge of the entire organization. But I'll tell you, when Bruce Arena was here, I knew what. I knew that the buck stopped with Bruce Arena regardless of what it was. Um, and I don't yep. feel like that's the case right now. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble, but fortunately I don't think my wife listens closely. So I'll, I'll be very careful with how I say this. This is like when you're a married couple and you're, you say, what do you want for dinner? I don't know, whatever you want. And then you name four restaurants. Yes. No, don't want that. Don't want that. Yes. Don't want that. Okay. Well, give me a suggestion. Give me something that that's what it feels like here is, Klein has asked someone what do they want for dinner and then it's their job to go hunting and end pecking and you have to bring the right thing and he'll approve yes or no. And I think you're right. That's not what makes a good club um, as, as good and as much trust as maybe you and I have and, and Dennis DeClosa. Him alone, you know, we've seen he can make mistakes. You need a second person or a third person. You need a, a, a conglomerate of people. Uh, that's probably not even the right word. You need a, a, a group of people, like you said, a brain trust who's going to work a together gag- and they're going to yeah, gaggle, a gaggle of, yep. uh, of geese. Uh, you, yes. you get them together and, and you pick and you say, I'm the president. I've played soccer. I I've been with this, uh, you know, I I've been with this franchise for years. I follow the games and I've kept an eye on this player. You know, have we heard, have we tried this country? This league is up and coming. You know, that that's, I feel like that's what a good president would do. It's not like you said, I'll let Dennis speak to that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate with what's brought in front of me. You know, you, you need a little bit more hands-on. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, someone who maybe had their hands on earlier and maybe it went wrong and they're trying to say, well, I'm just going to bring in the people to make the decisions. And, you know, you, you hear that a lot with executives, you know, it's not my job to make those decisions, but I'll bring in the right people to make those decisions. But I, I think, you know, the, the best executives are the ones that understand the process and also work together with those people. And then don't just delegate uh, with a hundred percent, let it loose. You need to have some, some insight and participation. So you're right. It's kind of like uh, office space. Oh, you know, what exactly is it that you do here? So, you know, it, it does give a little bit of that feel. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. It just, it's, it's two hands off. It, it feels too. Also, the other thing is, you know, is rebuilding the culture and the culture, 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 culture. It's great. Um, Bruce Arena didn't have a culture whenever he showed up, right? You know what the culture ended up being? Winning. Um, and winning is a real easy culture. Yeah. Right. And it is. And it's sort of one of those things. It's like, well, they talk about bringing back players that, you know, knew what it was like to be in. And I like that it up to a certain point. I like that. That doesn't fix your problems. That doesn't solve anything. Um, it, it just, it gives an idea, you know, like if the LA galaxy were to go out and get AJ Delagarza and bring him back for next year, right? AJ moving towards the end of his career, certainly, but bleeds for the LA Galaxy and I'm sure would love to be back in LA and if you could make that happen that's putting somebody in the locker room who knows what it means to be an LA Galaxy player but not just not just know that but can be a voice and a leader in the locker room to make changes yep. for that um you know having Juninho and and Marcelo Sarvas 
you know, in the in the general vicinity of, you know, the academy and, and the general vicinity of the club itself is good, but it doesn't create or, or fix the problems that you have to have. You have to have somebody who knows what they're doing, who has enough short-term success to be able to last, right? Because Dennis DeClosa said it whenever he came in, Eric, is that you need to have success even while you're rebuilding. Otherwise, you won't get a chance to stay in there and keep doing things. It's still results-based. So you need somebody to be able to be that calming influence on this rudderless ship right now and take a hold of it, point it in a direction, and say, this is what we're going to do. I know the answers here. I know what to do. And, and be able to execute that plan without people getting in the way. Um, and I see nothing so far that is pointing in that direction that is making that happen. And, and to your, your final point with the AJ thing, just to circle back, I, I've seen this and I just want to say it out loud for the record. And I wasn't the one who came up with this, but bringing AJ feels like it would break the curse because it seemed the galaxy have been cursed since they got rid of him. So if you bring right. him back and make things right, maybe that's uh, whatever, if you believe in good juju or whatever it is, maybe that fixes it. So you, you're right. You do need to bring some of those elements back. And I think AJ might mean a little bit more than even Juninho as much as Juninho was beloved. But you also right. need to be careful that it's not, you're not just bringing people back just for the sake of bringing people back. I think uh, Alan Gordon and Mike McGee were on uh you know, the zoom call for the fan appreciation night and they were giving their opinions and their thoughts. And I, I, I love Mike McGee and I love Alan Gordon. Uh, but I don't know that they're the, this, I'm going to sound like a jerk. I don't know that they're the soccer minds that I want, you know, making decisions and, and giving advice on, on, on what, where this club should be going. You know, yes, they played on championship teams. They understand the game a little bit better, but you also can't just say, well, they were on a winning team. So they know exactly, you know, where this league is going in 2020 you know, that's not necessarily how it works either. Yeah. All right. Keep keep going. We still got some more of this stuff to get through. Uh, you know, unfortunately. I, I wake up every day trying to make our club better. Um, and even moments that we've had success, uh, I spend time thinking, how can we improve? Um, and moments when uh, we're in the valley, that doesn't change. It doesn't change how I work and how I think and uh, how I approach, um, you know, the the responsibility that I've been given at this club. So. Um, yes, it's, it's daily. Um, and it's not just because uh, of where we are. Uh, it's just how I am. And I think the, uh, the effort and the responsibility that um, is, is demanded of me. So um, this club has, has given so much to the community of L.A. and, uh, and our supporters, and, and they've given back. Um, and so we have the responsibility now to uh, put a team and a product on the field that represents that. And so uh, it is a it is a daily process and something that that we work very hard at. Yeah, we we need a balanced team. I, what I will tell you, and, and there's no way to, to show this, that the marketing aspect of a player is uh, is way last in terms of okay. of what. We OK, pause at. it. Pause it. I I, <laughs> I this is where it all I, falls, goes off the rails. It does. It goes off the rails. There's no way on. By the way, that's not even the correct answer. All right. That's first. It's a talking point. Okay. It's, it's certainly a, a talking point. Yeah. And yeah. And it, it, it's something that he wanted to bring. It was not asked. It was asked about a balanced team. It That was the question that was asked. It was not asked like, well, how much marketing does does marketing come into this whole thing? And it's like, no, 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 no. That was him bringing it up. All right. He wanted to bring that up because he knew that the criticism for Javier Chicharito Hernandez is that he was strictly a marketing move, right? Now, I will argue that it is not that he was not a 100% marketing move. I will, I will tell you that. It's not. 
I know people want to argue, but the same with Zlatan. Zlatan was not a 100% marketing move. Now, what it was is a good player they thought would work that has a really good marketing upside. And you know that. All right. And to say that with Chicharito that you went out there to grab him and marketing was the last thing that you thought of is it, it can't be true. And again, I don't yeah. want it to be true. That's not the correct answer. The correct answer is, yes, we got the best player that we wanted and he's marketable. That's great. I love it. That's what the LA Galaxy do. Big stars, big things. That's how you do it. I know people still argue about that, 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 that um, formula, Eric. But in my mind, that formula works when you get it right. Zlatan Ibrahimovic yeah. was the correct answer. He was a footballing ridiculous genius, and he was super marketable. Yeah. Um, I, I can't then, handle that. That answer feels fake to me. And, and and that's why this whole thing comes sour is because like that's where it doesn't feel genuine because he's saying all the right things. That's what you want to hear. That's probably what fans want to hear is that they you know it's not about the marketing. It's about what what goes on the field. So of course you know you say that, but. That's so obviously and blatantly not the case, especially with Javier Hernandez. As someone who b- believed it was going to work out better than it did, I understood that this was a marketing move. And you can't say it was the last thing. If marketing is the last thing on your mind, Javier Hernandez is not a player who's on your radar given his form and given how things were going for him. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't a player that should have been at the top of the list with the price tag that he came with. The price tag that he came with and what you were buying, part of a, a big chunk of that was the marketability. Yes, you hope that with his pedigree and what he's done before is that it would work out, but you can't say that it was the last thing uh, with Chicharito. And so that that's where I think, he you know, you... You make a statement like that, and then it loses the credibility of maybe the statements that were genuine, and maybe he it is the first thing he think, wakes, thinks about in the morning is how how can he write this ship, and where did it all go wrong? And maybe it does eat at him at night, but when you make a comment like that, then then that's where you start to question everything, and you lose a little bit of the credibility. So the one thing is I will defend Chris Klein here is he does mention that Zlatan, they were fortunate to have Zlatan who come and was just a world star at another level, and so that worked out for them where they had a marketable star um, because, you know, Zlatan at, at the time was coming off knee surgery. You didn't know that you were going to get, uh, you know, uh, someone who was going to break the goal scoring record, but you knew you were going to have a super marketable player. So of course that had to factor in, uh, you can't say it's the last thing with Zlatan either. And that worked out for on the field purposes, you know, excellently. So, so, you know, it's, it's a, that was, that was the, the wolf, the wolf of the night, the, you know, just the, the hardest comment that put this whole, his whole, all of his comments into question was that that was the biggest one. That was the most glaring. All right, keep playing. Let's let's try to make it. And um, you know, we had you know a global icon here in Slatan, and um, that really had had nothing to do with with the discussion around it. And similarly with with Javier uh, with Chicharito, and um, you know they looked at a number of forwards, and Dennis can walk through the process. And if it was a name that uh, I had never heard of, or that um, you know, our marketing team had never heard of, uh, that would have been the player that we, w- we would have gone after. Um, through the process, it ended up uh, Javier for, for a number of reasons, and uh, again, marketing is last. But to, to the last part of your question, uh, we certainly need a balanced team, and it's one of the, le- one of the way that, that our league has changed um, in that you can't have one player, two players, three players. Um, that, that certainly... Um, will will make the team you need a balanced roster um you need you need players that contribute day in and day out um and if you look at even the past three four five years and clubs that have done 
uh, very, very well, they've gotten that contribution. And so um, in terms of, of our process, there, there's no uh, mandate for uh, notoriety or things like that. I think those days are, those days are gone. Now being the LA Galaxy, it certainly attracts um, a different um, profile of player where those players do come to the table and uh, all that is put and evaluated and, and eventually um, our soccer group uh, comes back with a recommendation that we go and get approval. Um, happy to answer questions and talk about not only right, this that's, year but that's it we're, we're we're done with we're done with chris klein for the uh for <laughs> for, for the night that's uh I'm, I'm happy with uh with what that is um i just um i i so first of all chris klein talked first i think that's important to note um because then my view of dennis to close after it so I, let's let's toot my own horn for a little bit I thought that Dennis's interview for 30 minutes talking with me on Thursday night was a better representation of what Dennis can do and the breadth of knowledge that he understands. Um, I feel like the questions that he got asked in this particular press conference didn't let him shine on that um, and didn't let him really dive into details as much as probably he would. Um, and coming after Chris Klein, it almost felt defensive um, more than, than anything else. And so, um, it just the the whole thing just really, uh, and I watched it live. And you know, a lot of times when you're watching it live, you're trying to think of different things. And I was also working my real job at the same time, so trying to do two things at once and and do it. And then I watched it again afterwards, and it it just there there was no substance there. I, I got zero out of that. I got zero. What's the path forward? Here's how we're gonna do it. Um, this is this is the answer. It's a lot of we're gonna step back and we're gonna evaluate. But I mean, you go back to 2017 and tell me that that press conference couldn't have been played after 2017, and pr you'll probably hear the same words uh, from Chris Klein after 2017 that you did in 2020. Yeah, and that's and you're you're right to toot your own horn, and that just that's the benefit of of a, a long form interview versus a press conference format. And you, you did get more information from that than you did at the press conference. But you're right, we're going to change the culture. We're going to look for new coaches, new players that fit the mold. And and of course, you you can say all these things, but it doesn't really answer those questions. And the the one part where I guess I'll defend, uh, you know, Chris Klein and Dennis is that. What are they supposed to say? Are they supposed to put all the cards out on the table and say, we're looking for, uh, you know, a central attacker. We're looking for, uh, you know, a coach from Mexico. We're looking for, you know, Dom is definitely going to in the running. He's at the front of the table, front of the line for to be our yes. next head coach. Yes. Can, I, can, <laughs> so, we, can we have all those things? Yeah. So they could say those things, uh, but, but it seems like they want to be very careful and don't want to offend anyone or, or, or put play, play favorites in any way. So, but, but you're right. It doesn't give us any real information. It seems like they're just saying all those right things. And we really only find out what really happens once they start making moves. And I think, uh, I don't know if we're going to play any of the Dennis clips, but when, when Dennis talks no. about, you know, we don't, we don't have a timeline, uh, you know, we're going to we take our time, but I think th that's not a great answer either. You want to have a timeline, you know, contracts are right. up at the beginning, at the end of the year, you know, you're, we don't know when the next season is going to start, but you do need, you do know that there is going to be a next season and you're ready in the off season. You don't have to worry about playoffs. You should be looking. We should be, we, you know, you, you have a head start on these teams who are in the playoffs. So you don't want a team uh, that maybe squeaked into the playoffs and then has some unrest and make some changes. You don't want them ahead of you when you've already right. had a head start of a month to get going. This is, this should, these conversations should be happening now. 
you know, head coaches should be getting called. These conversations should be made, being made with players. Like this should all be happening right now to make a statement to your fan base that we are making changes. This we're gonna make changes. It's gonna happen, and then it never ends up happening. That's where you lose faith. You know, if you see immediate action, and, and we saw it with GBS, that firing could have happened. You know, three games prior. Uh, but it didn't work. It's going to happen. We're going to wait. We're going to see. Let's see how things go. And then they were delayed on it. So it seems like the same thing's going to happen. We're not going to rush to hire a head coach. We're not going to rush to make any player decisions. And then you're behind, you're behind again. So I, I think uh, th- there needs to be some urgency. If it's not going to be in the tone that they speak at these press conferences, then the urgency needs to be shown with the actions uh, in the front office because we're not seeing any action there either. Hey, I want to I want to stop the show and, and just sort of uh, give a shout out to Jose uh, on YouTube, we've had Super Chat turned on for, for a while, which is basically a way for you guys to like you know tip us if you think that we're doing a good job or not doing a good job. Jose, the very first person to tip us $2, Hammer, which means you will see none of that money. It'll be all mine. Um, so so thank you, Jose. We <laughs> appreciate that. And, yeah, and anybody else who ever wants to do that, you're, you're more than welcome to. We're certainly not going to sit here and just say, give us money. Um, but obviously, it helps to go to the site and, and print stickers. And eventually, when we can see each other again, you know, I can hand those out for yeah. free and, and do that type of thing. Um, but yeah. as it is right now, everybody everybody sort of stays safe. So, Jose, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Um, and thank you, uh, we thank you for listening. You're, you're, you're the man. It's also a great way to get a shout-out, by the way. If you, if you you yeah. For $2, you can have your name said on this wonderful podcast, which reaches... At least six or seven people, <laughs> I'm guessing, by the chat room. It looks like eight, maybe, uh, something like we that. We love so, Jose. Here Jose, at Jose is my, we love Jose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on uh, a little bit away from Dennis, a little bit away from Chris Klein. Uh, let's talk about Christian Pavone and um, some some things coming out today, certainly. Um, the first thing was that it was once again, and we've gone through this before. This is not the first time we've hit this number, um, but we have talked about this number many times. Uh, I'll say this. Dennis on our show, and Dennis in the press conference, um, both said, um, or both, it's the same person. He said twice, <laughs> basically, that he didn't want to talk about Christian Pavone. And then he proceeded to talk enough about Christian Pavone to certainly get his point across about what he was saying. He was saying that the contract was signed before COVID hit, before the pandemic, that the price that was on the buy of that contract is unrealistic at today's prices, um, and that you know certainly Christian wants to stay in L.A. Those were his main talking points. He said it on our show. He said it in the press conference. Um, so that's how you do that. Um, that's how you put pressure um, out in the media. And I'm not going to say that it, it's my show. That, that clearly uh, pushed uh, Boca to, to sort of respond here recently. <laughs> it probably was. I mean, let's be honest. I have that much pool. Um, no. So whenever you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't think, you know what? I'm going to give credit to, to Gio Gar- Garcia who asked the question. That was a good question. A lot of people knew that Pavone was, was going to be a topic. So it was good that he addressed it and shout out to, I'm going to credit Gio for, for asking that and not necessarily you. I asked Although, first on Thursday. <laughs> I was, wait, but wait, I will say this. On Thursday, you did make the point, and he did make the point that right. the, they wanted the player so badly that they just, yeah, they put $20 million, put $100 million. We don't care. We, we need the player now because this is a loan deal, and we'll figure this out later. That, that's you know the vibe that I got from Dennis is that it was never $20 million. That number right. really didn't matter, and the fact that Boca was holding to it was an issue. So you're right. You got the scoop first. You got it first, but Thank from you. the press conference, just wanted to, uh, to point that out. out. Shout out. So I, I have to hit this. People, pe- people are doing stuff in the chat now, so I have to. I, I have I to pay attention say, not only. Do, I, I, want do to, I have to dance? Is this like Cold Stone where we yes, say we got a tip? Yes, but I, yep, I was just going to say it, I needed to knock you, <laughs> knock you down a peg because you need that every once in a while as president I of do. Corner of the Galaxy. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, I do need knock down a peg constantly. Uh, big shout out to Logan, uh, Logan, uh, a big a big tip for us there. So Logan, we appreciate it. Thank you, and Aaron, we appreciate you as well. Uh, irregardless of Aaron making fun of me saying irregardless, uh, I still oh, like Aaron. Aaron. So I, I like Aaron. It's one of those things. I'm, I'm shallow yeah. whenever it comes to that. I will I will try not to use irregardless except in a mocking way of you, Aaron, um, just to show you. So every time I say it, just know I'm thinking of you. Um, so yeah. we, Shout we out, appreciate it. Shout out to Aaron. Fellow, I, if this is Aaron that I believe, if he's calling you out for irregardless, shout out to Aaron and his wiener dogs. You know, fellow fellow wiener lover. Maybe maybe I should be careful with my words there. Yes. But shout we, out to you. And, and Logan, too. Wiener dogs. That was very good. And Mike. And Mike as well, and Francisco. See, now everybody's hopping on that. This is the, this is our this is our one time thing that we're ever doing, right? Nobody else is. This is the the only time we're ever going to do it, and everybody else can be like, "But I gave last time." Yeah, I would. I, I'd rather. I'd rather you guys give a dollar. All right, just do it every show. Um, you know. Well, I have eight hundred of them, so so have have fun. But no, we appreciate you, Mike, uh, Francisco. Thank you guys. We we appreciate that. Um, let's get to Christian Pavone now. John, we talked about John Rojas. Uh, my good buddy John Rojas, who used to be my press box buddy, he was he used to sit next to me all the time, and it was uh, it was great, and it was uh, it was a fun thing. Shout out to Brian as well in the chat room uh, there for for hitting us up as well, uh, and a shout out for his son Sebastian. What's up, Sebastian? Uh, we love you. Thank you for letting your dad watch uh, very much. Uh, let's get to John Rojas here. Uh, he said uh, on an interview, he says Pavone's agent. Um, on a uh, radio station says Christian has a contract already signed with the LA Galaxy. All is needed is an agreement between the clubs. Uh, that was the conversation on Monday that did not end with any offer. Now, the, argue, the, the thing that happened with Boca here is, Eric, they sort of, at least the reports are, um, that uh, Boca has dropped that price down to $10 million. And if we go back to what Josh said a long time ago, he says if it gets in single digits, we're playing, you're playing now. So I said, 10 million is almost downright reasonable whenever you think of where it started at 20 million. Um, I still think, and, and people, I got blasted for this. And you know what? I enjoy it. So it's not really a big deal. I said yeah. that at 10, it's still, it's still overpriced. And people said, but you paid Chicharito 9.5 million, $9.6 million. How can you say that? Uh, because Chicharito's way overpriced um, for, for certainly what you got. But again, the marketability argument on that as well. There's a marketability argument that you can't, you do not have with Pavone. There is no market. Everybody here who is a diehard LA Galaxy fan is in our chat right now, Eric, um, is saying very clearly that they don't care about the name on the back of the jersey. They want a team that wins. Understand it. You're diehard LA Galaxy fans. You want championships. You don't care who the player is. 100%. Um, so um, I get that. Uh, having said that, that's not how it works in Los Angeles, and so you still need the marketability side of that. So, um, yes, yeah, but still? Uh, yeah, but still, and, and this is where, where I'm going to disagree with you big time. I'm going to represent everyone who is coming at you. I think yes. $10 million, if that's the price, that's an easy, yes, we're done here. No, no need to think about it. We're good. Because we got it's it. Not Be- because it's not it's my not money. Fun. You're correct. Yeah. And, and with, with AG and, and how they've been hit this year, maybe they're not as quick to cut that check as they would be in years previous. That's a huge part of it. But, uh, but I think to your point, uh, you know, did everyone who's a huge fan of Pavone 
were, were they willing, did they know who he was before he arrived at the galaxy? You know, maybe if you followed Boca juniors closely, uh, if you, you know, follow the world cup and you knew a little bit, you say, okay, I've heard, I've heard this name, but really it wasn't a, you know, a household name, but I think with how you've seen him play in the last, uh, season and a half, you say, this is a guy I want on my team. This is someone who you want to build around. And if there was a year where you're going to build around a non-marketable quote unquote, LA galaxy team, this is the year we don't know what it's going to look like with fans in the stands or not in the stands. So if you're going to construct a team solely on, on the field performance, this is the year to attempt that without worrying about if you're going to be able to draw fans in or not. If you're going to build a winner, Pavone is someone you need on your team. And if you look at the market around the league and what players are worth and, and how much you bring players in for, I think Pavone at 10 million, that's an easy yes uh, write the check because it's not my money. Uh, bring it in, but I, I think ten million is the right number. It's an easy number. I even go a little bit higher, uh, but ten Nine. million I think is easy. Nine. If if you're an expert negotiator, maybe you can work things out and get that price down. But maybe you, like, you know, maybe there's some people who work on the show who I agree with. You have that check for ten million ready. But you also say, you know, let's let's work something out. Maybe we get a bit lower. And if they don't agree, they play hardball. Say, okay, we'll do ten, and, and you let it go. Yeah, I, I agree. You probably don't walk away from the table, all right? But you certainly yeah. pretend like you're. You you you, you yeah. walk away from the table. <laughs> you just don't get to your car, okay? That's that's whenever you know. By the way, number one rule: of buying a car is walk out, walk back to your car. Yeah. That car will be there. They'll Leave. call you. They'll call they you. Call they you. have your. Text you, they'll do something. Leave. Yeah. Uh, by the way, big shout out to Bob as well, who uh, who says we need to get uh, John Rojas on the show. So thank you, Bob. Uh, your contribution absolutely. will will absolutely ensure that they get John Rojas on the show. In fact, it may even be next week. Uh, it was something I was thinking about uh, earlier today, and people were certainly suggesting it. And I talk to John probably once or twice a week, so it's not like I don't do it. It was just one of those things. People are like, you should get him on the show. I'm like, well, yeah, duh. I talk to him all the time. That's yeah. great. John's so. Awesome. Um, so, so Bob, uh, thank you for that. We'll, we'll get it on that. Um, I think that uh, if you look at the cash layout the LA Galaxy have put out recently, $16 million roughly for Chicharito this season. Um, and then you go and you look at uh, what you would take, another $10 million plus whatever Pavone's contract is, which we don't know because we haven't seen it. And uh, the big news out of the MLS Players Association um, is, to, uh, is that they're not going to, it seems like they're not going to release salary information. Uh, this year, which is disappointing. Just fine. Um, I, I, I imagine you could just get a spreadsheet and launch it out there, but we know that everybody took pay cuts, and I'm afraid that they just don't want to show that they actually what the actual pay cut was or, or different things. Well, can can they? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not them. I don't know how how the sausage is made. Can can they? Re, you know, the the way around this with this is what the the players the contract was, and just understand they didn't take this home, but this is what their value was given a regular season. Uh, but that's tough. That's tough to to work that out if you put that number out there. Yeah, it is it's insulting and, and to the players. Probably, it was always a leverage deal, which is why the MLSPA puts it out. Um, we don't even know if the CBA is going to be ratified for next year, really, because they agreed to sort of postpone it for one year. But with the pandemic still raging on right now, um, it's a uh, it's a real question about whether that's going to uh, have happened. By the way, Philip uh, chipped in five dollars to uh, to help buy Pavone and Messi, and then buy out Chicharito. <laughs> I'm sure that 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 five dollars will go a very long way, Philip. But we appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, Irvin in the chat room says uh, Pavone will stay with the LA Galaxy. He's willing to bet his five dollars on it, except it's not a bet. Nice. You just gave it to him. So thank you for that, Irvin. We appreciate that as well. Um, we will take that money to Bovada and 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 bet that for you on your behalf. Yeah, that's right. 
that's right. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> clean up um, on that one. So, um, you know, that's sort of the thing. Here's let's uh, go over some more of uh, John Rojas's tweets. It's like you don't even need to have him on because you could just you know, read say, It's funny that you say this too because I had John's tweets in my show notes <laughs> ready to discuss, but I'm glad you you already had them ready to go too. So that's awesome. Shout out to you, John. Yeah, yeah, John, you're the best. Um, Christian will have no issue coming back and playing for Boca. He still has a contract with them, but is not a secret that Argentina's situation uh, and is you know what they're going through right now in Argentina, which is a difficult monetary time as well. Um, I, I think probably the the United States and the LA Galaxy are a better position for him. Uh, Christian, as any other player, person or player, this is still Pavone's agent that that uh, John is quoting. Christian, as any other player or other person player looks to take advantage of his career. And if he comes back more than the soccer side, it would be as if his career would start over again. Talking about going back to, to Boca is really starting everything over again. Um, uh, the final one is the negotiations will go directly club to club. Um, if they agree on something, LA Galaxy, um, Christian and Boca will be all be very happy. If there is no agreement, we will comply with the contract with Boca. So um, he has a contract with Boca. Now, the thing I believe is correct is that he's, he wasn't getting paid as much as he was with the LA Galaxy, and that he now expects that that money is going back, and I think it's actually in the contract where he, he gets paid more money by Boca whenever he comes back. Um, having said that, Boca's cash-strapped uh, in a yeah. league that was hit hard by all of these uh, pandemics and everything that you ha- ha- sort of uh, had there. So um, there's a lot, again, strong position. I feel like the LA Galaxy have been are, are all of a sudden in a strong position, and I feel like Dennis has been playing this the correct way by coming on my show and threatening Boca. Basically, that's what <laughs> that's what he's doing um, through me. Yeah. Um, it's mostly me. I, I'd just like to point that out. But it, it's a really interesting way. I'd say that if you're looking at the chance the LA Galaxy keep Christian Pavone, that where it was 90-10 probably two weeks ago where he wouldn't stay, uh, it's probably 60-40 that he won't stay. And I think that's a huge shift um, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. And that could be inching closer to 50-50. That's, that's where I was going to go. Is I, I was ready to bid Pavone farewell and say that this is a done deal. Uh, if Boca's not budging on the price, I'm ready to say goodbye. But this news and, and the negotiations that seemed like they've been going on, it's brought me closer to 50-50, more of a coin flip on how this is going to go. And just the last button that I'll put on this is that if you you do buy Pavone for $10 million, and let's say uh, that you do think it's, it's a little bit too expensive. When you look at his age and you look at his production – if you're buying him outright at 10 million, there is an opportunity to flip him uh, and showcase him for more money. So uh, I think you need to look at that side as well. A club like Boca Juniors, it's no secret that you know they they maybe live from season to season and with loans and bring players in, and it's the 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 cash maybe isn't real. It's it's more funny money of contracts and moving. Uh, moving dollar signs and decimals around to make it work from year to year. And maybe they need, uh, you know, that $10 million for the galaxy to help kind of keep things afloat uh, and to keep things uh, in the black. So, so maybe you're right. The galaxy is in a, a strong position, but they also need to look at the investment potential. This isn't Christian Pavone. You're buying him at 24, 24, 25. Yeah, I think so. And, and you're not holding on to him for 10 years. You're holding on to him for two, three years and then, or maybe one more year, and you're able to sell them on uh, at a much higher price than the ten million you got them for. Yeah, um, uh, he might be 22. Is he that young? Is he 22? He might be younger. Yeah, he might be 22 or 23. I would yeah. look it up, but I have things. We'll Google it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I know so a guy. the chat room will get us there. Don't worry, I'm I'm, I'm fine. Um, by the way, uh, Camp uh, uh, Charles in the chat room says, "Can't believe Pato is going to be the reason we get Pavone for four million. Charles, I like the way you're thinking. That's the number 24. you should be short. Four million. Four million. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Christian 24. Pavone is twenty-four years old. 
Oh, okay. So there he goes. Then we're, we're, we're good to go. Okay, good. Trust your good instincts. job. Yeah, go with it. Yeah, but still. Um, all right, let's get to some real quick roster stuff that I want to get to, and then some ex, uh, some uh, off-season dates that you sort of need to keep in mind. Um, here's the deal. Uh, I know some of these for sure. I know some of these are best guesses, so I'm going to sort of put some of the major ones that we know for sure and some of the ones that are guesses in the same thing. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, we believe his end of contract is next year, 2021. Um, that seems to be backed up by by things that he has said in the past. And so if that still plays out, then the end of contract for him is 2021, which means that this year the LA Galaxy still have him for next season um, and would still owe him the money that is coming to him. We've talked about uh, expanding and, and possibly extending his contract, uh, but lowering the overall amount. Um, so that way he would uh, be a TAM player instead of a designated player. And certainly after this season and playing less than, I think, 38% of the total games, uh, you would have to look at him and say that he has not been worth the money. As much as Chicharito has not been worth the money and certainly been a bust, Jonathan Dos Santos was also a large bust this year. Uh, you can't, uh, as Dennis said on a show on Thursday, um, and he agreed with me, which is great. I love it whenever somebody who's way smarter at soccer than me agrees with me. Uh, <laughs> says, you know, keeping keeping designated players, if they can't stay healthy and they can't be on the field, that you're going to have problems um, with with your team. They're, they're supposed to have a large impact. So uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, end of contract 2021, we're pretty sure on that. Uh, Christian Pavone, loan expires this year. We know about that. Uh, you have Javier Chicharito Hernandez. We believe his end of contract is 2022, uh, three years. Um, there may be an option year at the end of that, um, but right now, 2022 is where we're sitting. Uh, we know for sure Sasha Kleschen is an option for 2021. He is not scheduled to come back automatically. The LA Galaxy would have to ask him to come back in order to keep him, and that sort of matches up whenever I asked him about retiring, and he said he hoped he would be back in 2021. Um, end of contract for uh, Giovanni Gonzalez, uh, uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez, I was going to say, uh, People Gonzalez. I, it's always, I know who it is. Uh, <laughs> end of contract is 2021 for People Gonzalez, not this year, next year. Uh, there's lots of talks about Alualense possibly wanting him, but he makes too much money in Major League Soccer, and they say they're going to wait. Uh, Joe Corona, option for 2021. He is not automatically coming back. He is in an option that is a for sure. Perry Kitchen is out of contract. We know that for sure. Uh, David Bingham is out of contract. We know that for sure. Uh, Sebastian Legette re-signed uh, in 2020. We imagine he has two years left, um, at, so that would put him through to 2021. Um, but there's a possibility that's a three-year deal, and it could be through 2022, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, Rolf Felcher, we know for sure he's out of contract. Uh, Dan Starez just re-signed in 2022, even if he did just a two-year contract, which is li very likely. Uh, he is through 2021. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. And Sua just signed in 2020. We imagine that he has two years. So 2021 is two years, or if it was three years, 2022. Um, and then loan expired on Yoni Gonzalez uh, this year. So you don't know if he's coming back at all. So Hammer, but, uh, I mean, Yeah. Yes. Can we talk about Yoni? <laughs> Yoni? Yes. yes. Loan expires this year. It took him forever to get here. Played a few games. Gets subbed out because of red cards. Doesn't get to finish his season. I mean, what he's got to have a sour taste in his mouth with the Galaxy. I don't imagine he'd want to come back. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how that loan's going to work if they if there's an option to extend it or if they're going to continue those talks. But I would imagine Yoni's very happy to go back where he came from and try to play again in Brazil or get something else going. He he did not look like he had a good time uh, during his time here. So we may have seen the last of Yoni Gonzalez. Is there anybody else on there that you're just like, absolutely not, they are 100% not coming back um, on there? Yeah, I, I think 
Rolf Bingham, uh, you know, and unless they come, come back at a considerably low prices, I, I, I think it's time to cut ties with ties with those players. We saw what Jonathan Klingsman brought to the table. Uh, you, you know, you have a potential starter there, so there's no need to bring Bingham and, and the headaches that he caused Rolf, uh, again, taking up an international slot uh, unless he got a green card which you know w- w- was that confirmed or not confirmed no, yeah yeah you know, yeah he has a green he card did, he, he okay so if he has a green card slot. doesn't take an international slot uh you know if you work out the salaries maybe you can option him back joe corona is someone that i think you you can have back perry kitchen i, I thought he had a good season if it was, he was someone who was playing for a contract maybe he's not worth the salary that you have but if he agrees to a lower price and he doesn't want to move and there's not another club who's offering him more money. Uh, maybe you could work it out with Perry kitchen. Uh, but so yeah, if, if you go through those players who con- contracts are up, uh, who was it? It was, it was Bingham. Uh, contracts that are absolutely, yeah. Up, yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah. Kitchen, kitchen Bingham and Felcher are the ones that we know their contracts are up for sure. Yeah. Then, then I think, yeah, yeah I, I don't th- know. I think, I think, I think my, yeah, my kitchen's my the only, only argument, one you'd you'd offer. Yeah, I, my only argument with Felcher, and certainly I'm I'm of the belief that I wouldn't invite him back, but he, he doesn't cost enough money for it to like. And I know people look at it and say, "But you could get something else for that." You could, you can, you absolutely, and but, I think that they probably should. But I just, yeah, I, I don't want people to be upset whenever he comes back, Eric, because I just it all of a sudden they lower his salary and now he makes one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, and you're like, okay, as a as a backup right back in a system where Julian Araujo should be the starter and they should have a right midfielder. I mean, it's a lot of money for a backup. No, I, I talk myself yeah, out of it. See, say, bye Rolf. I'm, and I love, I love Rolf, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's time you, you, you see what else is out there. I think for a defender in this league, you could you could bring someone else who does what he does at a lower price. I think that, that, that player is out there. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. So anyway, that's that's sort of our prelim roster dive. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more and a deeper roster dives that are coming uh, here in the in the near future. Um, but as it stands right now, um, that's where we sort of see things. And obviously, I didn't mention everybody. I don't have contract information on everybody. Um, I, I know the panda was able to suss out some some for sures, which is is nice for occasion because we really don't have it. Uh, LA Galaxy possibly possibly going to do some exit interviews next week. So not this week, but next week. Uh, players were all off this week. Uh, I think they have to come back in and sort of report and for, for their final sort of, hi, how you doing? This is what you're going to work in in the offseason. And I, I imagine they're going to have some talks with Dennis and sort of figure that out. Again, um, the LA Galaxy have to make some decisions, and those decisions start on November 30th. I know online it said November 13th, which is tomorrow. I believe that's incorrect. Uh, so November 30th is when they have to start making decisions, uh, and that is the club deadline to submit, submit bona fide offers and exercise options. All right, so the options that we talked about, um, they have to exercise those, and then the bona fide offers just means that they give them a reasonable offer, and that basically allows them to retain the rights if the player says no gracias. It's a weird MLS system, but that's what the the bona fide offer is. And, and since you said that this uh, this show has some sway and has pressured Boca Juniors into making a move, I'm going to make my plea as well. If the, the LA Galaxy wants to show their fans that they're serious about making changes, on November 30th, when is the first day that you could make moves, if moves aren't made on that day, 
then you're, you're telling us that we're going to be in for mediocrity again. That tells you that you, you're not, you haven't spent the last month trying to retool and trying to fix, fix things. I think if November, on November 30th, on that first day, decisions aren't already made, that is a signal to the entire fan base uh, that we need to strap in for another poor season. Because if you're going to be making changes, that needs to start now, and it needs to be as soon as possible that there should be changes being made quickly because if if we if you drag your feet that's just a, it's a terrible sign and i think it sends a really bad signal to the the fans who have been patient and are really you know waiting for this team to turn a corner that you just hasn't they haven't done in the last 6 years well i mean you know it's just it just offers it doesn't it, it like you can't actually do <laughs> trades or anything like well, that and and, and Christian Pavone, yeah and and Christian Pavone isn't even part of that so yeah. so i just i would just caution you're just going to see the an announcement come out that says uh, we exercise the options on these players. We decline the options of these players, and this person, these people are out of contract. Yes. Yeah, but still. Yeah, but still. Okay, cool. That's, that's uh, December December thirteenth, the half day trade window opens. This is the half day trade opens that opens just before they have to announce the full rosters of the MLS expansion draft. Remember, Austin S. Is it SC or FC? FC. Who cares? They're FC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin coming into the uh, into the league. Um, and basically, there's going to be a half-day trade window that opens at 9 a.m. on Eastern time, so 6, p- 6 a.m. Pacific time. It closes at 1 p.m. Um, Eastern time. That closes down the half-day trade window. So it's just real quick. Everybody trade, and then we're done. Uh, December 15th is the MLS expansion draft. There are 10 teams that are exempt from the expansion draft because MLS um, and... I will get into that more as we get closer to that because there's a whole bunch of rules that you need to know. The LA Galaxy, by the way, are not one of the teams that is exempt from it, just so that way you know. Um, so they absolutely could have somebody. And by the way, if you think that anybody's going to leave John, uh, uh, Chicharito um, um, protected during the expansion draft and that somebody would pick him up, uh, you're out of your mind. And I will explain that later of why that won't work. Um, let's see. They have the expansion draft. Uh, December 16th is the end of waivers, end of year waivers, which who cares? Um, and then you have the re-entry process stage one on December 17th and December 22nd is re-entry process stage two. That's your off-season calendar for right now. And great Google. I'm movie. excited. Who cares? Yeah, I know. Can't wait. This is this is my favorite favorite time of the year. Re-entry draft, second round of re-entry draft, you right. know, <laughs> allocation draft. This is this is the mo- this is our bread and butter right here. It is. Uh, it is one of those one of those things uh, that is just uh, head scratching with Major League Soccer and all the different roster mechanisms that they have going on. But that's the way they do it, and we'll see. Um, by the way, DPS are not automatically protected in an expansion draft. Uh, you have no trade clauses or have to be protected in an expansion class. Most designated players have a no trade clause. Therefore, you must protect designated players that have a no trade clause or anybody who has a no trade clause. God, I hate that I know all that stuff. I've been through so many of these expansion drafts. It's like the same stuff every time. Um, yeah, that's. I, I think that's what we're going to do for now. Uh, the yeah, LA Galaxy have a ton, ton of stuff to do. Um, they have to pick coaches. Um, they have to find a coaching staff. I mean, realistically, again, Dennis DeClosa is going to be making decisions. And last time, before Dennis even came on, the LA Galaxy had to make decisions on options. Uh, they're going to be doing that probably before they have a head coach. In fact, I almost guarantee it being, you know, what is it? Uh, the uh, what's the date today? It's the 12th. The You're 12th. halfway through. You yeah, you have 18 days to make decisions on 
raw on options. So guys, you're going to keep for next year. You have to make that decision. You're going to do it without a head coach. So Dennis is going to be making those decisions, not knowing what the head coach is doing and what the head coach would like. I'm sure Dennis is perfectly capable, but it's just a bad situation to be in. You'd like everybody tugging on the same end of the rope from the very beginning. Um, and it's, it's, it's something to watch for because ultimately Dennis could exercise an option on somebody or keep somebody that's not going to fit into the new coach's scheme and the LA Galaxy are going to waste valuable cap space on that person. That's literally what's in, like coming up on November 30th. Those are the types of decisions that absolutely shape what happens with, within Major League Soccer teams, and especially the LA Galaxy. Cap space is tight. You cannot waste a single dollar. We've seen that as more teams have entered. The league gets more competitive. And so the LA Galaxy have so far completely failed to keep up with the pattern and the pace of this league. Um, and the press conference that we saw on 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 Wednesday, uh, it, again, I, I feel like it just completely missed the pace and pattern of this league. I'm not saying go young and have the academy system. I don't think that works in L.A. I think that's a bad yeah. idea. Um, well, also, we've seen that. Yeah, yeah we, that Atlanta. was 2017. Yeah, we saw that. And everybody likes all of a sudden a team that wins the Supporter Shield is the best team in the world. Um, it means nothing unless you have an MLS Cup. I think Philadelphia is a great team. They're fun to watch. Uh, they won a Supporter Shield in a wacky, ridiculous season. Um, I don't think they're necessarily the pattern for all things major league soccer from here on out. Um, but well, this, hey, if they win an MLS Cup, they have a better they have a better argument right now than they do just yeah. winning a Supporter Shield. Yeah, I think th this happens every year. Whatever team comes out on top, this is how this is the mold that should be happened with Toronto, happened with Seattle. Uh, you know, so but the only argument that you can make is that with Toronto and Seattle, they're constantly returning to MLS Cup and constantly relevant. So you say maybe those are the models when they're able to be consistent with it. Philadelphia, as much as I watched them, yeah, there you go. As much as I enjoyed watching them play in the tournament, I thought they've had a, a good season. They have good young players, uh, well, mixed with veteran experience, a solid head coach. I think they're deserving supporter shield champions for, for what it is, even with their Captain America budget shield that they used uh, on the night that they were crowned, which is a fun story if you haven't looked that up. Um, but but I agree. We shouldn't be modeling after the Philadelphia Union. Let's pump the brakes if uh, if they're where you're looking. If you want to look to Toronto and, and Seattle, fair, because of the consistency and how long they've been able to do it. But, uh, and they spend money. But, yeah. And they spend money, yeah. Eric, a lot. They're not a afraid lot. To Toronto has Toronto has an astronomical... They've been spending more money than the LA Galaxy have been, Okay. <laughs> Now they yeah. get good results, so that you know that's that's something to to look at. Um, it's picking but the right guys, it, it is. It's it's putting together a balanced team. I at least agree with that. It is about a balanced yeah. team, um, and the LA Galaxy have lacked from their designated players not being very good, not being able to stay on the on the field all the way down. Um, you know, basically to the middle of the roster where they have sucked, um, especially on the defensive side, certainly. But they have a ton of misses in there. Uh, Dennis has some misses, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you're playing battleship with him right now, his battleship is on fire. All right. It's been hit three times. <laughs> all right. You're firing, you're, you're fighting to the left and the right. You're trying to hone in on which direction his battleship is facing, but you are getting close on that. Um, so he doesn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of hits left or misses. I was going to say, I, I confused, you, you use the I, wrong yeah, analogy. Sideways. You should say your, your board is looking good. Your ships have not been touched. That was the right analogy. He keeps missing. Okay. You've he keeps placed missing. your, or MLS okay. has placed has placed their battleships very smartly, and Dennis can't seem to get the hits. That, that's the correct we're going, analogy there. We're, we're going down with the ship now. I think we've confused everybody. Um, hey, everybody in the chat room, we, 
we certainly appreciate you uh, supporting us, and, and that's been great. You've all been great. Uh, wonderful season. Again, show 800 will be next Thursday. We're doing absolutely nothing special for, with it, except maybe we'll get John Rojas on. Why not? I'll ask him if he's available. He's on the East Coast, so it might be tough for him to stay up this late. Um, but we will uh, we will see if he can do that. So um, anything else, Eric, you want to get to before you get out of here? No, I think that's enough battleship talk. I think we've we've talked to urgency. We've talked about a fake supporter's shield. We're ready to move on. We're, we're, we're good to go. Accountability, Eric. That's what we're about here on this show, accountability. All right, uh, Eric, tell people where they can find you. We'll get on out of here. All right. You can find me on Twitter, at Hammer You can also find me on Instagram, Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy R-O-F-U-L. I did reach out all right uh i'm sure we we missed most of that because of the music and and skype and not playing correctly but that's okay um uh, i know where to find you yeah galaxy profile i i know how to do it it was it was awesome enrique last minute super chat thanks enrique we love you um all right if you're looking for me on twitter it's at jgesman j-g-u-e-s-m-a-n and of course at galaxy podcast corner of the galaxy.com articles videos podcasts Everything you want, cornerofthegalaxy.com. For Eric the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Guessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.